Hello. Hey there. I, I have my coffee. And your cinnamon sugar? No, 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 no. Just just a strong espresso with a dash of milk. Wait, you don't put anything on your uh, oatmeal? Oh, oatmeal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, not, well, I said coffee. You said cinnamon sugar. Well, I, I uh, thought it was coffee and. No, uh, oatmeal and. is is uh, blueberries, dates, and cranberries. Mm, you are an old man, aren't and, you? And cinnamon. <laughs> no sugar, though. The cinnamon is sweet enough. I don't know. There's something about oatmeal. I don't know. My mother ate it as a when I was a kid. I never really ate. It. I mean, I I would have a bite or two, but there was something about it that always. It's got strange connotations in my brain. So whenever I eat it, I'm like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> I don't know why. To be to be clear, I'm talking about steel cut oats, not the flakes. Oh yeah, you're hardcore. Yeah, Bob's Red Mill because he's supposed to make a good one of those. Uh, McCann's. Okay. Okay. Although uh, lately the um, the stuff from Trader Joe's is every bit as good as McCann's, and I wouldn't be surprised if McCann's makes it for Trader Joe's. Well, that that's the uh, the unspoken secret of a lot of these different companies, right? Right. right. Uh, there's actually only two people who make laptops, right? You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Apple and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Ow! <laughs> Yowzers. By the way, did hey, you did you did no, you see that new M3 Max chip? Holy cow! Yeah, it's pretty speedy. It's faster than the M2 Ultra. Yeah. In and a so laptop. Is, is there is there an M3 Ultra yet? No. No. Okay. Uh, but I'm sure there will be soon. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to like the you know, I've got a uh, M1 Max kind of specced up uh 14 inch and it's been perfectly fine yeah like there's nothing that it doesn't do for me you know the only thing i wish it has uh would be like 10 gig ethernet on it which right. just is annoying because of my nas but other than that it does everything i want it to do and i don't understand why anyone would really need any faster than this unless you really are doing something I don't think any normal person needs faster than what came out three years ago, at least right now. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm still using the the base model M1, mini. not max, not mini. I mean, not ultra, just yeah. the M1 mini with 16 gigs of RAM. What I would like to do, and I and Adrian and I were talking about this, I, I think next year I'd like to get, because uh, you know that they're going to come out with an M3 studio. Sure. I would love to get a refurbed M2 ultra studio okay and yeah. that would be my last computer for a very long time yeah <clears throat> absolutely and and uh somebody was showing that uh oh it was uh, somebody on facebook that there were m1 max studios um at costco or one of those places on sale for 9.99 what with 32 gigs of ram wait 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 wait, wait. and um, 512 gigs Apple Studio. It was one of those. I think it was Costco. Yesterday or the day before, I saw it on Facebook. Somebody took a somebody I, you know, distant friends with took a picture of it. And was just like, "Hey, what about one of these?" And I'm buying that, two. Yeah, if they had, the, I would go buy one today. The M1, the M1 Ultra Mac. is still thirty seven. Well, this is the Max, and not the Ultra. Okay, what do we got? 
Do you M2 really? Max yeah. is 1949. Yeah, that's all they've got. Is uh, well, M1 Ultra is 37. M2 Max 19. Oh, M2 then. Ultra 37. Why would you spend $3,700 on an M1 Ultra when the M2 Ultra is the same price? Uh, people be dumb. No, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and the other thing I, I want is is the ports. I the the dongle situation on the back of my mini is obscene. What? Because you actually need and or use um uh uh, uh USB A. What what are you? What do you well, need? I've got I've got uh the mix cast going in. I've got uh one two three external SSDs. I've got uh. What else? Three external uh, SFDs. Wow. Yeah. Um, my camera, the, the, the SD card reader. Sure. You know, so a lot of that stuff gets solved by going to an, uh, a, studio. a studio. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I would definitely say go to the M2 studio, if only because in the M1 studio, remember, it, I could hear the fan and it drove me crazy. Right. Um, which I think, from what I understand, the, the, the M2 studio fixed that. It's just, uh, It's just nuts. They just keep. They just keep making fast machines, you know. Uh, Let's see, Mac Studio on Apple. Yeah. Um, no M. Oh wait, here we go. M two. M two Ultra thirty three hundred. Um, M one Max fifteen. M one Max twenty two. Yeah. So they don't have. They only have the M two Ultra. Yeah, here it. was. Uh, yeah. Uh, M one Max at Costco. Your mileage may vary. Nine nine ninety nine ninety seven. It's an M1 Max, ten core CPU, twenty four core GPU. Wait, uh, send me the link. Thirty two. Well, this is a. Uh, How long ago? Uh, uh, five days ago. Um, yeah. I'll go over there today and say have one. I just I just found it here and somebody put up a uh, took a picture at their local Costco, uh, which is the reason why I I can't find that post. But but that's also got ten gig Ethernet. Oh yeah, the deal has expired. Oh, is it? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I see it right there. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> kind of crazy though. Way to way to build build up my hopes and then dash all of my dreams. See, I onto was thinking for, for for a lot of things for someone like you. If you let's say you like the mini, right? And you had you let's say you I bought let's say you bought a studio display. I don't know what you have it plugged into. Oh, you have it. You have a four K screen. You bought. Yeah, I've got a twenty seven inch AOC, but I, I need a thirty two. That's it. I need a 32. 27, too small for my, for, for my situation. For your little eyes or what? Here's, what here it is. Here it is. You can't see anymore? <laughs> I can't. Uh, 32, if it's a 4K, I'm going to run it at 2K, but a 32-inch at 2K, perfect. Perfect you mean, text you mean size. A, a 2K virtual. So, so yes. you're still using all the pixels, but you're only doing, yeah. Yes. Yes. So text, nice and sharp. I could, it's I had so I, I went to the eye doctor and yep. got a new prescription. Yep. Um, and I had him do one at arm's distance. So I'll get uh, I'm ordering a, a set of glasses that are. J- I'll leave them on my desk. Yeah, yeah. I I I have some right in front of me, which I should probably take care put of on. your peepers, people. You know, it's <laughs> it is true. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, someone like let's say someone like you had a studio display and uh, an M1 studio, or whatever, right? Or an yeah. M1 uh, uh, mini, like you have. Yeah. I mean, you could go and spend $1,500 every two or three years and get the latest and greatest mini, click it to the back of it or whatever. You know, they make those little mounts. Um, and you could upgrade your computer every couple of years for 1000 bucks or whatever. It's kind of crazy that, and, and yeah. get a lot for it. But I, I understand your whole thing about the, the ports. I will tell you that 
I really do use the SD card slot on my computer. All yeah. The time. Well, and that's, that's the thing is like, I have this little dongle and it's nice. I mean, it's a little machined aluminum when it fits the, the, the aesthetic of the Mac, but yeah. it's just, you know, with, what is it? Two, two USB, a two USB C now, and you need more anyway. Yeah. We're digressing. Um, Hey, can, can we stay on <clears throat> tech just for a minute? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, you bought an, you bought another new camera. No, no, no. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy a damn thing. I bought one camera I didn't use for my life. <laughs> I'm never going to live it down. I, I want the ZF. That's all there is to it. Okay, so, you should get that. Nikon, if you're listening, you're not listening. Yeah. Cricket, I, well, I cricket, did get an email cricket. from Joe McNally this morning, which was nice. Personally from him? Well, you know, I can't really talk about it. But uh, okay. he's been traveling a lot, so he, he, he apologized for being kind of out of the loop. But it was very nice to well, get Well, that's always nice him. to have. Yeah. Um. So I went, uh, this, this leans in two weeks ago, you called me and you said, Hey, what version of Lightroom should I use or text right. me? Yeah. Be, well, cause there, there's now the two, right there, there's the classic and right. well, not now. I mean, it's been, I've been out of the loop for eight years. So it, right. who knows? It could have come out eight years ago and I was just, I missed it. I don't know. Right. So you recently signed up back for the Photoshop Lightroom photography plan, correct? Uh, sort of my SSD came with the all apps photography bundle for 30 days, 60 days, okay. something like that. Uh, so, but, but I've only downloaded Photoshop and Lightroom. Okay. Um, I, I want to know, first of all, you've, have you played with Photoshop at all since, since? Yes. And yes. how does it I'm feel at it right now compared to, cause you were, you were kind of all in on affinity photo for a while there. Affinity photo does 95% of what I want it to do. Okay. Where it doesn't do well. And, and this is, this was made very clear, no pun, uh, <laughs> by, by firing up Photoshop. I opened up the same raw files of my paintings, uh, a selection of my paintings in affinity photo using their raw engine. Right. And Photoshop using their raw engine and night and day. Really? Night and day difference. Clarity, subtle detail, color accuracy, all so much better. And you in, have you have to send me uh, in in Photoshop in Adobe Camera Raw. Yes, uh, you need to send me your raw file so I can do it in Capture One and send it back to you. Okay, I mean I'm still uh, not going to upgrade to Capture One. No, I'm just curious to see what the difference you find is. Yeah, um, very different, faster, also faster opening, faster processing. Um, just the raw or in general. In general, in general, okay. filters faster. And, and again, it's hard to, it's hard to make a straight up comparison because the last time I used Photoshop was also on an eight year previous machine. Sure. So we've, we've come a long way in, in terms of processing power as well. And it, I think, oof, was it a Hackintosh? Probably was. So that would have been an I-2500K. Right. Yeah. Your Sandy Bridge <laughs> machine that we talked yeah. about a million years ago. Yeah. Go see our Hackintosh episode back at 100, I think episode 100 or something. Something like that. Yeah. So that was the last machine that I used uh, Photoshop on. Um, You know, interface wise, I guess it's, it's hard because I don't remember exactly what the interface looked like. It's not probably not much different. Um, You know, I like the darker gray sort of production ready uh, interfaces. It's one of the things I really liked about Capture One because I did use Capture One for a while and 
launching Adobe Lightroom Classic, it, the UX feels very dated. Yes. Even compared to looking at Lightroom CC, which, you know, is a little more, I don't know, it just feels a little more modern. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Now, I, I, and I have, I have some stuff to say about Lightroom, which is kind of why I brought this up. This is sort of mm-hmm. a little sneaky thing. But wait, wait, I, first I want to ask, isn't the whole point of the affinity stuff, though, that supposedly, oh, we have this new fresh code base. We're writing it all in local languages and it, everything's it, fast and using speedy. the good APIs and whatnot. Yeah. Here's what I will say about affinity as well. Not once that I can recall has any of the, have any of the affinity apps crashed on me? Not okay. Once. Yeah. Right. Um, publisher terrific. Yep. Uh, it still doesn't do EPUB export. People have been asking for it since 2017. They said they were going to add more, you know, uh, additional export formats. They have not. Yeah. PDF is not a publishing format. It's not the only publishing format. It's a document format, certainly, sure. but you know, um, the, the one big thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that I found that I wanted to explore f- and, and would be applicable to my art is uh, the filters in our, the filters in, in the uh, filter gallery, you know, like, yeah. like the stamped edges and the, the torn paper and, you know, like all of those kinds of things that are unique to Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, are useful to if, you? They will be. Uh, I've I've seen some recent bit. I don't I don't know if the videos are recent, but they're recent to me. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? It's texturelabs.org. dot uh, Brady Bradley Brady. Okay, whatever the guy's name is that owns that um, has has shown some really cool techniques. But they employ some of the filters in Filter Gallery, and I've tried getting around it in Affinity Photo, and it just it just doesn't work. So there's a there's a practical use case between the the speed and accuracy and and detail and nuance in camera raw and being able to use smart objects again and being able to use filter gallery again and not to mention the uh i, I don't care about the the generative stuff because it doesn't really work for me and i don't really like the idea of of you know scraping other people's work yeah but man the object selection tools are fantastic in Affinity or Photoshop? In Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. In Photoshop. The new sort of AI-powered uh, object selection tools. Even the, the simple things that I'm doing, and that is, you know, my paintings often have ragged edges, and I would go around them by hand with a pen. Takes a long time. Yeah. yeah. I can hit it with the object tool, and it's done. Yeah. And with very few exceptions, there are a couple little areas of cleanup that I might have to do in the mask. Yep. But by and large... It nails it in seconds, and maybe even and that's worth it to me. Good enough to, especially if you're going to do something and then print it out and hand cut it out and play with it anyway. Yep, you know that's even doubly so. You know, I never yeah. saw this texturelabs.org. Is that what you're talking about? Texture Labs. Yeah, I can't. All this stuff's free. Yeah, I never found. I never saw this. This is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. This is super useful. Yeah, and the guy is is, and and that's the thing is is. The stuff on Texture Labs, at least for my use case, yeah, super applicable. It's not like, hey, we're going to teach you how to put hair on text. Or, no, these you know, are super on handy. Whatever. Lots of really great stuff that, I mean, there are a few effects in there that I know that if when you see them, you'll go, oh, I could totally see you using that in some of your paintings. Oh, I man. I see you yeah. using that in your collage stuff. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm downloading a bunch of these as we speak to use as like layers and texturing stuff for composites and stuff. Yeah. So not only are the, are the video tutorials on texture labs, and this is not a sponsored post. They're not, you know, know, just go check them out. Not only are the, the tutorials really approachable, but he also provides all of the resources that he uses in the tutorials as free downloads. So win-win. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I was invited to Adobe's New York offices last week. Um, did they have snacks? They did have snacks. Yeah. And then they took <laughs> us out to a nice dinner. So I uh, tell thank a lot you. about a company by the snacks that they offer. <laughs> If I ever owned a company, I would make sure to have good snacks. Uh, they do have good snacks. They had a nice little snack room. They had lots of uh, Coke in the uh, in the fridge. Uh, and uh, uh, their senior community relations uh, relationship manager, uh, Esteban Toro, was very nice. Uh, invited us, half a dozen of us, over to talk. And uh, then uh, we went out for some food. And um, one of the things that they brought up, and I'm not at liberty to, you know, discuss everything that we discussed. Nothing crazy. I just, you know, I'm not. Nobody listens to this show. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah. So this one guy walks in and he says. <laughs> His name tag read. No, anyway. Yeah. And so there was this really experimental version of Photoshop that I'm not supposed to talk about. Uh, no, it wasn't anything like Take that. Take this flash drive. Let me know what you think. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and he was asking about uh, Lightroom usage and, and which version of Lightroom we all used and half a dozen, half a dozen of us in the room, all of us used classic. Um, if we used it. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, and I said, you know, to be fair, I haven't touched the new Lightroom in maybe four years. Right. Like when it came out, the non-classic version, the non, the, yeah, the CC version. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. now when it first came out, uh, my experience with it was that you would go in there, you would import files. It maybe kept them in some sort of library there, but mostly it was sticking them up on the cloud, the Adobe mm-hmm. cloud, which I didn't have. And you them. don't have a choice in, in the matter? Well, back then it felt like, oh, you could stop that from happening, but that's really what it wanted to do. Like it was all about that. And it and the tools all felt sort of hidden where I agree mm. with you that the that the 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 Lightroom Classic toolbars, it all feels very, you know, two thousand seven. Right. Everything's like there, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, where where in in this version of Lightroom, it just it, everything wasn't where I wanted it to be back in the day. So this I'm talking about right. like when I used it five years ago. I said, you know, to be fair, I haven't used it in forever. When I go home, I'm gonna give it a shot. You know. Can I interject a question? Sure. Here? sure. Is is there feature parity between classic and CC? Well, it depends what features you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, there's no sort of bookmaking, slideshows, all of that stuff isn't in the new version. Okay, but in terms of of photo editing and and local adjustments and global, like all of that kind of stuff, is I it is think, it the same? I think it's similar or the same. That's I I I I don't want to open my mouth because I I didn't play with it enough to answer that. But I will yeah. say. That before I before as I was saying that the guy said, "Have you tried the new noise reduction, the AI noise reduction in Lightroom?" And I was like, "I don't know. What do you mean, like the slider?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no." He's like, "You go in, you say, you know, analyze this picture, and it takes like a minute 
to do what it does. But it pops out an image that is so clean. It creates a really? new DNG that is so clean and it only works from a raw file that it's kind of magical. The weird... and this is this is CC and classic or yes. just CC? Uh, I think it's in both because uh, uh, I, I I played with it in uh, in in both. I think yeah. Here, I'm opening up classic. Where is it? Uh, uh, well, let's see. Let me. I'll, I'll open up classic too. So we'll we'll do this in real time. Um, it's it would be over in the uh, in the noise reduction bar on the right in the develop tab. I'm sure. Um, so you just got to find a picture that's got. Uh, a lot of uh, a raw file that's got a lot of stuff on it, and then you scroll oh, wait, here down we go. in in noise reduction denoise. It's in the detail tab. There you go. Okay, so uh, so you will you will see yeah this denoise thing, um, and it only works with with raw files. So you gotta you gotta find a raw file to to do what you're doing with it. Um, but it is it was kind of scary how good mm. it was. Now here's the weird thing about it. Um, I figured if it's making a new DNG, it's doing something to the DNG so that maybe I can then take the DNG over to Capture One where I like the colors better personally. And it would work there. But when you go over to Capture One with that DNG, nothing's changed. So I think what it really is doing is making a new DNG and then just adding metadata in there or something. I don't know Wait, exactly that, that what it's doing. can only be read by its AI engine? Yes. That's or 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 can only be read by Adobe Camera Raw. Either right. way, it creates this thing that I mean, the problem is that I don't have many situations where I have a ton of noise. Just the way I shoot, you know, it's the rare situation. Like I did that thing. I don't know if I talked about on the show where I had to go shoot the woman at MoMA, and it was like there oh was yeah, no yeah. light in the in the basement or something. Yeah, there was like no light. Um, now, there was some noise on there, but it was, you know, 6,400 ISO on a modern camera is not the end of the world. One of the people at the, the, the Esteban was showing us a photo. He took it like, you know, 24,000 ISO or whatever it is in Times Square at night. Um, and he ran the thing through and it got rid of so much noise. It was kind of magical. Um, so I haven't played with any of this stuff, but I don't have a huge need for this. If I was a landscape photographer and shooting in low light all the time, or if I was a wedding photographer and was shooting in low light all the time, this could literally save an image that was so noisy that it was uh, almost useless. Um, So definitely give that a shot. But it also, he said, you know, the new version of Lightroom CC, you don't have to do the cloud. You could just have it browse local files on your drive, Hmm. which I didn't realize you could do. So you go into Lightroom, the new Lightroom CC, and on the on the left-hand side, there's cloud, and then up top, there's like another tab, local. You could just go browse your local drive and don't even have to import, quote-unquote, images. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to, like, load them into your library. You could just browse to a folder that has DNGs in it. But if you do import it, will it, will it still create... I think a library or, or does, and, and does it upload that library to the cloud or will it only create locally? If, I think if the choose? local, it just, it just basically sticks stuff in a folder, which is ultimately what I ever, I, which is what I want to do anyway. Most of the time, I right. usually, I just manually put things in folders and then go point capture one or Lightroom or whatever it is to that folder. Cause I want to know where that folder is. I want to know what things are named. I want to know where I need to copy it. If I need to make a copy of it, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm too, 
old school when it comes to knowing where my files are in my drive. I need to know where they are. They can't just be in a blob called photo library. You know, that always makes me nervous as hell. Um, so anyway, it's, it's, it, it let, I was just, I was browsing, uh, my images in here and I, it totally worked. And I was like, wow. And, and the, the, the controls, the, the normal standard controls, you know, of, of, of light and color and all the rest of it, they were, you know, it just uses that same system and the denoise is in there and, you know, huh. optics and everything. So to some extent, and there's a whole, there's a lens blur feature, which allows it to do, it basically makes a, a depth map and you can actually draw in the depth map and actually create fake bokeh if you really want to. Huh. Yeah. I mean, just listen, it's, it, I still in the, just me playing with it kept saying, yeah, but I like the look of the file and, and capture one better for me. Um, but the difference between Lightroom and Lightroom CC, if I didn't need the print feature and I didn't need the uh, book feature and the slideshow feature and those things, which I do like in Lightroom, like the print mode is actually really kind of nice in Lightroom. Um, I would definitely consider playing with this way far more than I would have before. Interesting. I don't know. So I wanted to revise my answer to your question and say, yeah, maybe Lightroom CC could be a better way to go if you're not having a big library and you just want to point to some DNGs and or raw files and play with them and export it, you know? Yeah. I, Cause I, I still don't like the idea of the cloud thing. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I yeah. much prefer, you know, things to be local. Uh, in answer to your question, yes, you can create in the new in Lightroom CC, not classic. Uh, you can select subjects, select sky, select background. You can select objects. You can, brush in, do linear gradients, radial gradients, uh, luminance, color ranges. You can do selections. It'll wow. actually even grab, if there's people in it, it'll say, oh, I found people. Click on this person and you can do stuff to that. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if you haven't played with this at all, oh yeah, look at that. I just pulled up a picture from Paris with my mother and she's there in the foreground and it said, I found this person. It's a cute little picture of my mom's face with a beret on. And you can play with their, you can choose just their skin, just their body skin, just their eyebrows and create a mask wow. and do stuff to it. Their lips, their irises. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Anyway, just wanted to, to. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, you know, I'm jumping into this thing. I, I, there's still so much to catch up on. I mean, I remember some of it, but it's going to take a bit. Yeah. I mean, these tools, though, I mean, they have gotten better, but I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that computers have gotten so fast. Mm. Like, there is very little. I mean, even the Fuji's 102 megapixels. I'm not generally waiting for my computer to do anything to those files. I mean, if I stick 180 of them in a, in a thing and have it make previews, it's going to take a couple minutes. But it's not. If I'm opening one up and I'm working with it, it's like saving the file might take us a couple seconds because it's, you know, two gigabytes or whatever it is when it's an exported TIFF, a uh, layered TIFF. But it's not the end of the world. I wonder what's going to happen because I know with, with audio, when files get to a certain point, it has to split them into multiples. What what happens to a camera that's got a two hundred megapixel image? Yeah, 
is it going to have to, are you going to have to basically do like with, 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 with the, the, oh, what's it called? The new ZF, when you do the high res mode, it's, it, it takes sequential pictures and you have to put those together in Nikon's software. I wonder if the next iteration of sensors where we're into that 150, 200 megapixel, will we bump up against a file size limit where half the picture is one file, half the picture is the other, and you've got to, you know, merge them together to make one complete picture. Yeah, I remember it was a, it was, there was a, so the you, Photoshop documents, PSDs, as you and I have always used right. or right. used to use, um, they max out at, I think, two gigabytes file size. Um, TIFFs can go to four gigabytes file size. If you want to go bigger than that, you have to use what's called a PSB for a Photoshop right. big file. Yeah. Yeah. And at least and that's what, when, when you do a smart object, that's what it, it creates as well. A PSB. Yeah. Interesting. Um, the problem was, is that at least the last time I used Lightroom significantly, PSB, it didn't support PSBs, which is oh, funny because really? it's an Adobe <laughs> format. Yeah. So if you were working on a picture and it was so big, you had to save it as a PSB, you'd save it as a PSB and then you'd go look in your, you'd have to remember that it was a PSB and you have to go into Finder to find it because it's mm. not going to show up in Lightroom. And that always made me really angry because it's like, I can't, I can't be worried about remembering which ones were PSBs. It's like, why, where did it go? Did I delete it? No, it's a PSB. Oh, it's over here. You know, none of that nonsense. Mm. Um, so I think it's funny, a, a guy that I know, my friend Eli teaches a class uh, that I'm going to speak at actually uh, tomorrow night. I got to put together some slides. Um, he teaches like a Photoshop illustration advertising class at CUNY. Um, and he he texted me the other day because he's like, what was the biggest file you've ever had? And like, have you ever gone so big it like wouldn't save? I was like, well, I've had PSDs that wouldn't save and I had to save them as TIFFs. And I've had TIFFs that if you do uncompressed were so big with layers that they were over four gigabytes and you either have to turn on compression or save it as a PSB. But I've never had a file that was so big that it refused to save in any format, you know? Um, I wonder when, when you, if you, if you do encounter that, does it try to save it or does it simply look at the file size and go, Nope, can't even tempt this. Usually they, it. it tries to save it. And then it says, mm -hmm. sorry, this thing is too big. It won't save. Because I think right. it has to do some crunching in order to figure out what it's actually going to write to disk. Mm -hmm. um, oh, uh, uh, I meant to tell you, I saw this yeah. the other day. Uh, Capture One, there's a new version, speaking of Capture One, there's a new version coming out that's going to allow you to shoot tethered from the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max yeah. to Capture One. Yes. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I, I did play with tethering to the iPad um, with the Fuji, and it works. I mean, it works fine. Because, I mean, my iPad's an M1. It's, you know, mm. I have the same computer on my iPad as you have on your desk. It's like, well, that's perfectly fine to tether to. I think, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be, you know, big people using iPhones for their thing. But I but I think if if you're doing just lookbooks or catalog stuff for the web or whatever it is, yeah, the phone might be fine. And if you can tether it, that just saves you workflow process, you know. It's kind of yeah, crazy. I'm, I'm still I'm still struggling with with not struggling. I'm <laughs> struggle, Jeffrey. Why? Struggle. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure out the use case for a 48 megapixel photograph from a phone sensor. I I I I'm 
it breaks my brain because it's still tiny. Yeah. And I guess with with the 15 Pro and the Pro Max, it's it's doing some pixel binning, so you're getting the you're you're getting the luminance values of the 20 or of the 48 megapixel, but the color values of the 12, and then it's binning those together somehow to make a 24. Yep. And there, there, there's there's a very complicated pipeline going on in the background, from what yes, I understand. Yes, incredibly complicated. Like it's built into the chip, complicated. Yeah, right. And I guess you know, at the end of the day, does that? I mean, you you sent me a photograph uh, of the library. Yeah, of the library. It's and pretty impressive. That, now, <laughs> now is, I wasn't clear. Is that the full forty-eight megapixel? That like was a twenty-four mega. That was a twenty-four megapixel. Uh, High efficiency, whatever it is. Yeah, he, H H E. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was that was what the camera made just out of the camera. I didn't touch that. Okay, case. so if you if you looked at that side by side with, let's say the fifteen non-pro, which is just the standard. The way I understand it, it's just the standard twelve megapixel. Is that right? Uh, it, wait, say that one more time. The, the the 15 non-pro, the oh. standard 15, is just this, it's uh, the 12 megapixel or is that I, still 48? I think it has a 48 megapixel sensor. I think it, I think that one puts out a 24 megapixel image too. Interesting. Why I'm just, it? I'm wondering in practical terms, because now you've, you've got people that are buying the pro and, and a significant number of people I'm sure are going to buy the 128 gigabyte version. Yep. Right. But now you're getting half the storage effectively if you shoot a lot of photos because those photos are taking up double the space. True. You could ask it to save 12 megapixel files if you want. But I'm wondering if at you know at what point does it become does it become worthwhile to go from 12 to 24 on a sensor that's still super tiny? Uh, I the detail difference was very noticeable between 12 and 24. Really? Yeah. I mean those those pictures that Heather's camera puts out yeah. put my iPhone 13 Pro to shame. Really? Yeah. They were a lot better and a lot more detailed, a lot less sort of mushy, you know, phony looking. Phony as in telephone, not phony as in <laughs> fake. Fake. Yeah, Language actually, is fun. A little, little both, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like there's yeah. that there's that plasticky look. Her photos, her photos. Oh man, I'm gonna say something I'm gonna regret. Not the first time. What? Wait, what? Is that my outside voice? If you if you <laughs> are not the photos, the the images that I've seen come out of her iPhone, uh 24 megapixel images coming out of her iPhones, some of those files look at least as good as 12 megapixel 5D files do. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't get the um, you don't get the all the 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 lensy stuff that you get with a bigger camera with a bigger sensor. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but if you're just like walking around taking pictures, trout. Let me put it this way: if I had it to do over again and I had an iPhone 15 Pro, I would not bring a bigger camera on a trip. Hmm. Like for me, yeah. I That's I great. like you know taking pictures on a trip, but like yeah, they all they can all do 24 megapixel, right? Uh, yeah, super yeah, high resolution, fold. super high res, twenty four and forty eight. Yeah. So it looks like the the only the the big difference between the the pro and the non pro um is the additional lens on the camera. Um, yeah, I think it's a slightly different sensor, but both of them are very good. Yes. Yeah. 
Nothing, I, I doubt I doubt that you would know really much difference between those two, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I don't even really like the long lens on any of these cameras. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's certain situations where they're useful, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I've never been a telephoto long lens guy at all anyway, so... I wonder what the stats are now. Because remember when 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 we were when we was when we were doing the original version of of OTP and Flickr was still a thing. Flickr had a a, a service, not a service. Uh, what would you even call it? Where they would they would break down by camera what what was being used on their platform. Oh, and I for see. For years and years, I mean, even way back in the day, the iPhone was the most popular camera in the world. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was eighty five percent. Really? You think I it's mean, that much now? Yeah. I mean, it, it honestly just depends what you're doing, man. Like it's, it's, if you, I mean, yes, taking picture of your, of your art to reproduce and whatever it is. Yeah. You want a bigger camera. Me, I'm doing portraits that I want to look a certain way and I'm doing lots of posters or going in a magazine or somebody demands whatever. Cause I want to crop so much. Yeah. You need a big sensor, but there's, man, all the kids nowadays are getting these like two megapixel Canon else and using them. <laughs> You know? I saw an article about that. Like the old cameras are coming back now. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Kids, kids, kids love those crappy sensors that are way worse than what they've got in their phone. You know, I mean, the phone is actually genuinely good now. I mean, when we when we first started talking about all this stuff, when you and I first started doing the show, what were we on three GS? Maybe somewhere around. Yeah, there? I think I think that was my first one. Was a three GS, and you know, those pictures, you and I could say, yeah, these are not that these are not good you know yes you still need a big camera yeah it's fine for snapshot here and there but it's not a real camera no professional but we're 10 15 years on from that right and things have and, gotten and a not lot just better. the tech inside the machines but you know you've got companies like moment that are producing these beautiful anamorphic lenses yeah. and you can get filter packs yeah. and grip systems and yada 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 like all of that kind well, of stuff did, i mean right? you saw you and i were texting i think about it that the 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 Apple presentation last week about the M3 was filmed on iPhones. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, with jibs and whatever it is yeah. and yeah, with by $15,000. Yeah. Sure. But <laughs> it just goes to show that if you give it the right light, the image quality is excellent. Yes. You know, and that's doing video. This is a $3 trillion company relying on their $1,000 camera to film their announcement of their new products. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Grip equipment aside. Yes. You know, which is kind of nuts. And there was not a lot of light on well, that set. I mean, they added a lot of light to that set. Yeah. But even, was... even even with it lit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't daylight. You know, no. the whole thing was at night. So no. and it's and it looked even and clean and, and yeah. you know, I mean, they, nice they, roll off. they probably had, you know, the 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 balloons up top with lighting giving fill and i mean i'm sure it was all oh like the the china lantern type things? yeah the giant yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. i'm sure they did all kinds of crazy stuff or had a 12 by 12 with a 5k going through it just for fill or you know what i mean like crazy stuff like that mm. um but yeah it's i mean we are to the point where you could do that you remember when they uh, uh greta thunberg or one of those people got photographed for time magazine on an iphone it was like oh the cover of time on an iphone and it was on the like edge of a cliff. Do you remember this picture? We talked about it a million no, years ago. But I do remember there was a photojournalist that got a, a time cover with an iPhone. What was his name? Um, uh, 
best time over on your phone. You're gonna you're gonna know who this. We've, I think it was even photographer of the week at okay. one point. Sure. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I mean, there are limits to all of these things. Like if you, I mean, if you open up those files and you were really shooting and. Oh, it's a little overexposed or it's crunchy or whatever. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. There, there are limits. It's a, it's a sensor, the size of, you know, a grain of sand. Um, not really, but who are you thinking? That's tiny. Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Ben Lowy. That's who it was. Yeah. Benjamin Lowy. Uh, yeah. Fantastic photographer. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we have, have we used him? Uh, if we haven't, we should. All right, we'll put them on the list. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, the world has changed and that's fine. You know, I mean, I, I, I like using a bigger camera, but again, if I was traveling, it's fine. You know? Well, and you've got to find the tool that works for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody like Jack Hollingsworth, who's been an iPhone exclusive photographer for years now, he went from big cameras to phones and has not regretted it and has not slowed down and has not had had to compromise in his vision according to him yep um you know it, it just it's a it's a it, this is this is this is the wonderful thing i think about where we are with tech and with distribution is a there are no limits but b there are so many choices at so many different price points and skill levels and yep. and uh, 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 sort of um, effort levels, you know, the, the responsibility or the, or the, 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 the skill and effort that you need to bring to it to get something out of it. Like wherever you're at on that continuum, there is a tool or probably multiple tools for you to let you get whatever it is that you want to say out. Yeah. And the, I mean, listen, the fact that you and I and all of us walk around with 4k 60 HDR video cameras, like <laughs> It's just, it's nuts. I was watching, don't, don't judge me. Um, I was, I was waiting for, no, way worse than that. I was waiting for Conrad to come home the other day. I was flipping around on Peacock and I didn't want to watch a movie and I didn't want to watch the thing. And it was like old crazy TV shows were on there, you know, stuff that you haven't seen in a million years. And I said, I want to watch the pilot of 21 Jump Street. Oh, classic. Come on now. Holly Robinson, Pete. Yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. And so uh, I loaded uh, it up. Uh, Peter DeLuise. Yep. Come on. It looked so bad. Really? <laughs> oh, it's so bad. The titling looked like it was something out of video toaster or something. It was, it, it looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I just was thinking to myself, this was on network television. Yeah. Okay. Now go watch. You, you, you've got to go watch the pilot for, for uh, 90210. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's probably great, right? I actually watched the pilot of 90210 when it was on. I watched that show religiously. Like all the way through? Oh, yes. See, I was a Dawson's Creek guy for a while, but 90210 went a little far. 90210, I had a group of friends that we watched all the time. Yes. That's so awesome. And my friend friend Jude uh, was real good friends with the medic on the show, like the set medic. Okay. And we got to go to the rap party for the season first season what and and i got to have a drink with luke perry at the bar of this place and he was the nicest man he was so genuinely sweet that is awesome yeah like just 
man, thanks for coming. Like, Cause I was like, I really like the show, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Hey, thanks for coming. And, and we were just standing there at the bar for probably, you know, five or 10 minutes, just the two of us, no entourage, no nothing. And he was just really a sweet man. And what a loss. Cause I think he would have had a terrific career. Luke Perry. Yeah. I mean, he was on, um, uh, the, ah, what's with the show? Uh, it's on a Western with, show of something. Some no, sort, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there was a, another teen thing. Uh, the one with Archie and, and Jughead and. Oh, uh, he was a teacher on, uh, what, what's that one called? Uh, here, hold on. Hold on. Oh, we're, we're really a mess today. No. Uh, Riverdale. Um, he was on Riverdale. Riverdale. He was the father of the kid on Riverdale. Boy, look at his credits. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah. What a shame. Real, real uh, I mean, lost a little something when he lost his hair. His hair was yeah. a lot of it, wasn't it? Ah, it's still a damn good looking guy. Oh, real good looking guy. Yeah. And nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, this, this was, you know, people were going nuts for him and he's hands stand there at the bar with a knucklehead like me, you know? Nice. Yeah, and yeah, why Priestley? was he standing nice. there with a knucklehead like you? I don't know. <laughs> Put his hand on my shoulder. That was kind of nice. Hey, uh, what'd you think Not of the, what'd you think of the, <laughs> what'd you think of the Beatles tune? <laughs> what do I think of the Beatles tune? Now and then. Um... I think the tech behind it is phenomenal. Okay. I think the tech uh, and, and, and the fact that they documented so much of the, the, the making of it each time that they tried to, to get that song made was terrific. Yep. The song itself, it's okay. I mean, I think there was a reason that John didn't bring it to the rest of the band. Right? I agree. Well, I mean, this was later after they had broken up, but yes. I think there's a reason that it was just a demo and that he didn't finish it. Yes. It's, it's okay, but yeah. let's not call it, let it be. The problem you know, is, yeah. it's, it's not Eleanor Rigby. No. Okay? Uh, free as a bird. Or whatever. Was, is that the other one? What's the one free they did like bird. 20 years ago? Oh, uh, uh, is it just, is it just free? Yeah. Whatever that song is. Whatever it was. That, that's a better song, but it also isn't the greatest song. Yeah. I'm you know? much more impressed with with uh uh Peter Jackson's company. What's it what's it called? Is it Weta? Weta that, did, yeah. that was able to isolate John's voice so so beautifully and and you know, and and again the mechanics of them coming together to do it and all of that. I'm much more impressed with the production and the assembly of it than the end product. What do you think about the psychological angle of Paul McCartney? And Ringo, but it seems like Paul was the real prime mover here. Basically, it seemed like it was a psychological thing to him. Like, no, 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 no. I'm 80 years old now, or whatever he is. I want to finish this song before we're done. And then we're done. So I'm going to, we're going to finish this. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't, I don't know anything really about like the politics around it. Well, I'm just saying that they, they didn't finish it when they were, the three of them were together for the anthology. Right. Well, but apparently that was a technical limitation because they couldn't they couldn't get sure. John's voice away from the piano yeah. enough. Yeah. Right. From what he said. But they, you know, they didn't they didn't have to do this. Right. Obviously, there's some psychological thing here that Paul felt like they should do this. Paul Paul McCartney doesn't need the Beatles don't need another single to make more money or something like that. Right. He's Paul McCartney. No. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it seems like a completionist thing to me. And maybe it's closure. Maybe sure. maybe it's. Maybe the song has nothing to do with this at all. It was Paul, if Paul was driving the whole thing, maybe it was Paul needing closure 
that's with his friend. That's what I think. By the way, the 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 the, the single version of this, the yeah. the B side is uh, "Love Me Do," their first recording. Oh, that's kind of a nice touch. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, there, I mean, there's I, some I, videos, I, there's a 12 minute little mini doc on the yeah. making of this where it's like Paul, lots of talking. And then they show some of the behind the scenes and tell the story. And, and can I tell you the, the video for this song? It, it feels a little cringy to me to have them now with John and George then. To have, you know, like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> You know, it's sort of like um, uh, on XM radio, there is the Tom Petty channel, right? And they have all these little interstitials and little things like, hey, Tom Petty doing his little shtick. Yep. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're gone. I I just, I feel very strangely about things like that. Yeah, when the the four of them are standing together, like they did all these crazy composites of like George standing there playing. And you've got John kind of mugging it up for the camera and it just, it feels really strange. Yeah. In fact, to me, that feels like it's taking some, it's taking some of the seriousness away. But like at the same time, you know what? They're the two Beatles who get to say it, what it is. And if they approved it, then. Sure. I, I do like the fact that they had strings, they had an orchestra come do the strings and they just, they didn't want to say it was a Beatles song because they didn't yeah. want to let on anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just told them it was a Paul McCartney song. Yeah, it's just some Paul McCartney song they're doing. Okay, so just, you you just said something. Yeah. It, it was the Beatles. Like, like they are the two Beatles, so they get to say. Yep. Okay, so have, have you seen the trailer for Maestro? Uh, flick? I, I haven't seen the, I've read some stuff about it. I haven't seen the trailer. Okay. I love Bradley Cooper. I think he's a fantastic filmmaker. I thought he was robbed for for not getting the Oscar for A Star Is Born because I thought he did a fantastic job in it. Um, I feel a butt coming. No, there's no butt. Okay. Uh, I I love the look of Maestro. He got so much grief about the prosthetic. Yeah, the nose. Nose yeah. that he wears to to look more like uh, Leonard Bernstein, and it's like. The family was okay with it. The family signed off on it. Yeah, the, the kids were just like, my dad had a big nose. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's. It, I, I don't think it's this secret anti-Semite thing that, oh, we're going to stare. Like, okay, first of all, Steven Spielberg, pretty famous Jewish person. Yeah. Handpicked him to direct this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. The family is okay. This This whole idea of I'm angry on your behalf. Yes. Or I'm offended on your behalf. Is a is a phenomenon that has 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 seemingly grown quite a bit over the last several years. Sure, and I mean, I think you know, I think people are offended. Hmm. It's it's one of those situations where there's there's people seem to want to other people to know that they're offended now more than they used to. If that yeah. makes sense. And it, I just, I don't know, the whole reaction to it, I was like, look, this guy's chasing an Oscar. He's not trying to do an SNL sketch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, and, and from all rights, he did a very good job on this movie. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But it's, but you're right. There, there is a, I mean, them being the Beatles, if, if this had happened after the fact, and it was, you know, Stella McCartney and, and you know, John's kids and, and, you know, Harrison's kid and whatever it is getting together and saying, we're going to do all this goofy stuff with the footage of our parents. 
That feels different, doesn't it? That feels different. This is, yeah. you know, if Paul and Ringo want to have a thing where it's the four of them standing together being goofy, well, sometimes there were and, there was a thing in the in the in the behind the scenes thing where the where they were dancing and being goofy, like in the studio right. back room, yeah, like during yeah, yeah, Let yeah. It Be or whatever, and you're just like, yeah, because they were fun, they were friends, and they were 28 years old. You know, they were babies. Yeah, and I'm sure it feels different. You know, to your point, I'm sure it feels different to them than it does to me because I know what I've seen publicly of them. They yeah. have all of the history. I have a partial history. Sure. They have the entirety of the history. So it can feel weird to me because I don't have all the inside jokes. I don't have all the long nights. I don't have all of the years of phone calls and notes and friendship, like all that stuff. And all the so, memories that will ultimately be lost when those men are gone. Yes. So it's okay it's okay that it doesn't land for me because they didn't do it for me. They yeah. did it for them, to your point. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, what was the, I was just talking about this with Adrian over the weekend. It, was it, is it John Mayer that's like, look, if you've got a problem, wasn't that him? If you've got a problem with, with my art, that's on you, not me. Yeah. I, I don't know I, that I, that was him, but that makes sense. I made what I wanted to make. And if you don't get it, okay. Yeah. Well, I think the, the problem is now is that some people will say, well, you know, I'm offended by it. So therefore you don't get to make it. That's, that's where I have a problem. Yeah. But you certainly can't say, well, it's a blatant money. None of those guys need the money. No, you can't say no. that. This, this was, this was Paul wanting to finish something. That's what that was. I, I think you're right. Now that I think about it, I hadn't really put that together, but it, you're right. It feels. I think he felt like it was this untied string at the end mm -hmm. of the Beatles and now it's tied. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's weird. Hey, uh, Mark Hayes texted me a question. Do you mind if we do a Q? No. And an A? Who's Mark Hayes? He didn't text me. Uh, it up, was, Mark? it was, it was via, uh, Instagram. What's up, Mark? Why don't you, where's the love? Mark, if well, that's your real he name. said he loves the show. That's your real name. Uh, he's a fan of the show. He says, a uh, simple question that maybe you could talk about on the show. I love lighting the exploration of it, though I've only been a natural light shooter. Uh, he was writing to me. So he said, your portrait work has always been so good. And I wondered uh, what your recommendations are in this day and age of lighting kit that could be totally relatively mobile and effectively used in my own little corner setting, flash strobe, single light modifiers. Everyone always talks about cameras and lenses to no end, but I hear rarely hear people talk about lighting kits. Maybe it's the secret sauce they protect. Maybe it's just not the area where people are selling or reviewing the next greatest thing. I shoot Sony's my camera and lenses. They do everything I could want. Uh, everything I could need rather. Uh, but now I really want to explore lighting some beautiful portraits. Um, you know what you need? I'll tell you what you need. What? If you go to Home Depot, yeah, they've got this two pack of Duracell LED flashlights. That's all you need. You're serious? <laughs> no. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Nowadays, I don't know. I bet you there's some kid with a freaking digital elf and a Duracell flashlight who's making work that makes my stuff look like Duracell crap. Duracell flashlight and a roll of of uh, parchment paper, you know, that you cook on. So that's like a just like shoot, a diffuser. Shoot through that. Hey, shoot through that. My friend Randy swears by the kitchen, the the bed sheet, shooting through a bed sheet. Shooting light I know a few people that still do that. Yep. And it just makes this big wall of super duper soft light. Yeah. Who, oh, who was it? Heisler that shoots through background paper? Oh, sure. You know how much light you have to put through back? <laughs> Actually, I think it was Annie, was it? something we 
watched where somebody she shoots through a sheet of background paper. Yeah, to, you, to, because it just makes this big blasty wall of light. But you need so you got to put forty eight hundred watt seconds of light through that. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of light. It's um, I did a thing once at a um grocery store for a magazine where it's like it was crappy grocery store lighting and I wanted to like make it look like there was a giant window on the side. And so I bought a 20, 10 by 10, 10 by 10 sheet of diffusion material, which you can get on Amazon for like next to nothing. It was like 30 bucks, 20 bucks. Is it paper or is it plastic? What is it? Yeah, it's it's fabric. Um, oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Like a, like a, like a nylon type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, two yard by 60 inch thing is 17 bucks, 20 oh, by five feet for $29. It's like, wow. it's so cheap. That's really so, affordable. So 30 bucks, you could buy this stuff. Anyway, I, I set up light stands and I just pulled it. I did 10 by five feet across and then 10 by five feet across. So it was a 20 by five foot strip of this stuff off to the side in this like deep grocery store. And I shot three or four lights through it. And it looked like there was a window on the side of the thing with light coming. It was great. It worked perfect. Um, so sometimes it works like that. All right. Real quick. Um, flashes. Um, you can get Profoto. You can get Godox like I use because they're cheap and they're great. All these little Chinese brands, they make young Nuo little handheld flashes. All those flashes put out basically the same light. They're all using xenon gas in a flash tube. You're not going to get better light from a pro photo strobe than you are from a Godox strobe that costs one fifth as much. Um, I've used them all. Yeah. The pro photo stuff is nice, but it costs an arm and a leg and it's ridiculous. Um, so go buy a Godox AD 200 for 250 bucks. And that's what I use on 95% of my shoots. Um, that into an umbrella is great. Uh, I don't think it's a secret sauce thing. I think it hasn't changed all that much. I've been watching. Have you, you have Apple TV Plus? Yes. Uh, have you watched the supermodel documentary thing that's on there? I'm on the first episode. Okay. Uh, I've been watching it on the rower the past few days. It's pretty interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is watching some of these photographers and the way they light these women. It's just like one big giant 5K lamp over here in the corner. Right. And, and then some other guy will have what I know are, you know, speedotrons or something from the early eighties oh, or whatever. The Normans, like the, yeah. uh, uh, what was it? Norman, the A 200 Bs or something like yeah. that. And yeah. the thing is that like all that stuff, they, it's just making a strobe, right? Like that's what they had at the time. Mm. Now we have newer stuff. I used alien bees for a while, but again, they're all putting out the same quality of light for the actual light. How you modify it a lot of times is the trick. Um, and sometimes you can watch people in the old days with Avedon and stuff, they would just bounce it up into a silver or white umbrella, which totally yeah. still works and totally is easy. And sometimes I do it. What, what's the video, the Annie Leibovitz video with Keith Richards in the hotel room? She's just using a soft lighter. Like she a has a 36 inch, inch lighter. soft lighter above him. Yeah. It's, Boom. Done. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got an assistant holding it yep. and that's it. And that's, that's basically what I use is usually a 46 inch soft lighter, but yes, it's the, it's the same kind of thing. A soft lighter is just a big umbrella with like a front sheet on it. So it double diffuses it. I will say what Annie does now, it seems from looking at her stuff is that she'll have a soft lighter or a pro photo equivalent umbrella, pop the flash into it, have one diffusion screen on there, put another diffusion screen on top of that one. So like double up the diffusion material in the front of the soft lighter, basically. Mm -hmm. And then in front of that, 
have a round or a square diffusion thing about a foot in front of it. So she's double diffusing plus another diffuser. So she's losing a lot of light. And every right. time you go have through to blast diffuser. a lot into that. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's how some people get this like super soft light that she gets that plus a lot of post-production. But, but there's, so I guess the idea is Mark is that when it comes to gear for flashes, you don't have to spend a lot of money. If you can buy like one alien B head, or you can go buy one Godox little battery powered head, I love the 8200s. They're fantastic. Uh, and a, and a, 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 a single soft lighter, a 46-inch soft lighter or something, you have what I use 95% of the time. Um, and then you can go up from there. You don't need to spend a lot of money on this stuff. Uh, I will say that I bought a recently a newer... <laughs> Newer, the N-E-E. By the way, the 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 uh, Godox AD two hundred currently two ninety nine on Amazon. Okay, there you go. And there's a pro version of it that is um, allows you to go down to one tenth of a stop. The old ones were one third of a stop, uh, but I've never found that. Yeah, AD two hundred pro currently three four nine. So fifty bucks more. Um, the only thing that I will say is the difference between a lot of people will say. Oh, well, the fancy ones, the brown color, the color accuracy is just blah, 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 blah. And yes, shot to shot, a lot of the old strobes, like if you had an old Alien Bees and you took five pictures or changed the power at all, the 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 white balance might shift a few degrees in either direction, like temperature-wise. So if you mm-hmm. were shooting a bunch of products and you batched them all exactly the same white balance, you might be able to like see just a little bit of a color shift here and there. But modern strobes, almost all of them have like this like color accurate feature where it's actually it's I don't know what they do. It's something to do with the capacitors where it's actually putting the right amount of power through the xenon strobe so that it flashes the same power, puts out different lights. Anyway, the point of it is that that is much less of a problem than it used to be and really isn't ever that much of a problem. Um, So anyway, that is all to say there are there are lots of ways to go about this. But in my opinion, if you want to start with flashes buy a Godox or Flashpoint knockoff version or, you know, version of the Godox that Adorama sells. That's what I end up using. Um, and they're great. And they cost, you know, was it, you said 300 bucks. 299 for the non-pro, 349 Does that come pro. with a remote? Uh, no. Okay, it comes with a battery in a case. Okay, the remote's like 50 bucks. Yeah. So for, you know, 350 bucks or so with a soft lighter and a little stand, maybe 500 bucks, you're all in. And you can have a really nice setup. I'm sure you could find stuff on eBay too. And if you really want to, you could buy a hundred dollar little speed light, Young Nuo or Godox speed light. You know, those are cheap too. If you want to start smaller into an umbrella. And the real trick is like, you will get this stuff and you will take a shot and you will get light working and you'll get, and you'll be like, oh my God, it looks, yeah, there's light on the person, but it's not really gelling or it's not elegant. You know what I mean? It's not like it's, it's rough around the edges. Mm. And that is just a lot of experience and a lot of playing. Yeah. You know, what do you Young use Nuo, to light your, uh, yeah. Young Nuo 560 Mark, Mark 4, 85 bucks. There you go. I mean, that's just stupid cheap. That and, yeah. a, and a $30 umbrella, white umbrella, and you're, you're good to go. You can shoot through, you can shoot bounce into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. What were uh, you I was going to say, what do you use to light your paintings when you take pictures? Of them? Uh, I use two aperture LEDs. In uh, uh, thirty-six inch soft boxes. Wow, you spend some money on those, huh? 
Well, you know, I roll deep over here. No, so I'm, no, I'm uh, serious. Like, no, did you, did, did you, did you buy those specifically? Cause those are supposed to be really nice. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. like the constant versus the flash. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I do. Some people, uh, yeah. I like flashes just cause it freezes things and the color spectrum of the flash is really continuous and smooth like the sun. So mm-hmm. like color accuracy is generally better with flashes. Well, uh, keep in mind too, I'm doing, I'm doing high res photos. So it's taking sequential right. photos. So if the color accuracy, if I bought a cheaper flash and that color accuracy is an issue, yeah. then I'm going to have one area of the photo where the color is off, but not the rest of the photo. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So it just, it made more sense for me to do constants. Okay. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, yeah, you could spend a hundred bucks or you could spend $400, but either way you're going to, you're going to end up with something really amazing. Um, and if you want specific things, let me know and I'll give you specific recommendations, but I mean, Strobist still the way to go, right? Is all of his stuff still up? David Hobby. Yeah, sure. He's still doing his thing. Is Strobist 101. Incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. Really knows his stuff. So, I mean, this guy a million years ago basically started archives of like how to light stuff, how light works, how to do all the things. We'll put a link in the show notes, yep. but that's all there. And that, that kind of changed photography for a while there. Oh yeah. He, that was the go-to spot when you were learning lighting. Yeah. And 2006. It, and it, maybe it still is. Yeah. Um, and he does workshops and whatnot. But I mean, if you read all that stuff and you know what, the other thing is when it comes to people, if it's close enough up, close enough up picture, close, close enough. If, if the camera is close enough to the person, <laughs> you can see their going. eyes. <laughs> um, you can usually see a bunch of the lighting setup in reflected in the people's eyes. Yeah. I mean, so if you see, Oh, look, there's a ring light in there. Okay. It's probably being used for Phil. So Dan Winters probably took this picture. Um, you know, there's wow. like, there's things that, that people do and you wonder, Oh, how does Dan Winters get that look? It's like, well, he's using a ring light or a big giant fill behind him just to fill in the shadows so they don't go totally black, but then he's got a key light, you know, you can start kind of piecing it together. And there's a lot of people online who, do lighting diagrams and, and figure all this stuff out. It gets tricky, but it's, it's rewarding if you get into it. I don't know. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, hey, you, you know, who's still doing his thing and was one of the OGs back then? Ken Rockwell. Oh yeah. You know, there is Ken something Rockwell. about, if you're looking for camera reviews that yeah. are exhaustive, go check out Ken Rockwell. Where does He's still he have the time thing. to do? There's a review of every single product ever made on there. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Either either he never sleeps or yeah. he's like the Damien Hurst of of camera reviews and he just has a staff. I do, he just signs his name to it. I do like though when you when you look up anything that Con, Ken Rockwell does, like at the bottom, he's just like, hey, listen, I got a family to feed. Right. I support my growing family through this website as crazy as it may seem. So I will say in terms of like actual product shots of the things that he reviews, yeah. there's nobody better. Do you think he actually takes all those? I don't know. They've all got copyright Ken that's Rockwell true. on them. They true. That's true. They're almost too perfect. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, I don't know. He I must don't take them it, out of the packaging, shoot them before he even touches them. Yeah. He white gloves it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do tell you a lot about them. He tends to be, there aren't that many things that he says aren't good. You know what I'm saying? Like he, but it, okay. Okay. But is that a reflection of where how we're good at? things are? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Hey, you're probably right. Um, yeah, see, I'm going to read his review on the uh, the GFX 102. By the way, the uh, Simon DeVitt, who we used last week, the architectural photographer, um, yep. the other day he was taking a picture 
And in the picture was a brand new GFX 100 Mark II. And so I texted him. And I was like, hey, how's that going for you? And he was no way. Like, Did he say anything? He, he wrote back and he said, he said, he said, I, he's like, I just got it. I'm still, you know, getting used to it or whatever it is. I said, I'd really be interested in what you think after thing. Now he's using it totally different than me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to rely on autofocus moving and being accurate and fast and whatever, you know, he's shooting on sticks all the time. And right. so it's kind of designed for what he does, but they have new tilt shift lenses, which I think is what he's using. Mm. Um, so anyway, it's just uh, kind of interesting. Um, By the way, yep. Uh, go. Are you still on Ken Rockwell's website? Yes. Click on Home, okay. right? Yep. So you're on the homepage. Scroll all the way down and look at the copyright dates on the bottom of his page. 1973 to 73 2003 to tw- <laughs> <laughs> This website's almost as old as Jeffrey. <laughs> no, I wonder. I wonder who. What the hell does he have on here that is back to 1973? Images, maybe? Maybe, yeah. How old I mean, is this guy? Okay, how old is the 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 shot of him holding that left-handed Nikon at the bottom of the page? See that? that yeah, yeah, yeah. Prototype Nikon with the shutter release button on the left. How? You sure that's not just flipped? No, I'm sure it's not. Wow. Yeah, how this guy's got to be getting up there now. 1973. Crazy. Anyway. Uh, His first review was a, was a pinhole camera made from a Quaker Oats box. <laughs> <laughs> the images aren't super sharp, but it handles really nicely. And the cereal was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I had a guy for Photographer of the Week, but we can use one if you've got no, a go better ahead. one. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, Brian Griffin. I. Brian Griffin. On Family Guy? The dog? Really? He takes pictures? I still love the dog. The dog's the best part of that show. Can we all agree? Oh, my God. Brian Griffin. Brian oh. Griffin. There's some links in the, sh- in the, sh- in the Google show notes. Um, he, here, I'll give you. I'll it's so funny. You. If you type Brian Griffin in on search, all, the only thing that comes up is the dog. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Uh, he shot the album cover uh, for Depeche Mode, A Broken Frame. Oh, and the, the one in the field with the, yeah. with the scythe? Yeah. Scythe? Yeah. The but he, he foot, uh, scythe, yeah. yeah. He, he also, I mean, there's, a, there's, I'll send you a link just to a few pictures of this amateur photographer article. Oh, um, look at that. He did Ultravox cover. I love Ultravox. He did Susie and the Banshees. Apparently. Look at Midge. Look at little Midge right there. Look at him, how young he was. <gasps> apparently, uh, uh, Guardian or, or somebody said that he was like the photographer of the 80s, according to. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Queen. Yeah. This guy. Had, oh wait, is this from construction time again? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, so the this guy, guy the, had the been hammer. around, and I, in fact, there's yeah. a. Yeah, here's a, here's another uh, thing, and it, what, what's really frustrating to me is that his website itself is very hard. I think he's 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 shilling his book, which is you know good for him, but it's hard to actually get down to the images in his book sometimes in his website sometimes. What's uh... it almost feels like it's flash, but it's not. I had a pair of those sunglasses. Go, go, go! Uh, a few pictures into the picture of Brian May, and it's just Wait. his hair on on his website. Yeah, on his website. Third link I just sent you, but click a couple to the right. It's really fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is how you don't design. Brian, a I love now. you, but pay your AOL bill. Come on. <laughs> um. 
Oh, yeah. Look at that. Brian yeah. May. That's funny. We go to six out of 44. Look at this picture of David Hockney uh, taken in the 80s on a 20 by 24 Polaroid. But look at the crazy just uh, flair that he got that sort of both destroys and makes the image. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's kind of neat, right? Yeah, this is really cool stuff. Oh, look at that. Don McCollin. Young Don McCollin. And he's doing this. And, Sorry, uh, Sir Don McCollin. Sorry. Nine out of 24 is, or 44 is Douglas Adams, which is actually a really cool picture that he did. And I, A lot of this stuff seems like it's like long exposure or multiple exposure because, I mean, mm-hmm. this stuff's all done in camera somehow. You Donald know? Sutherland. Mm. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I feel like there are a lot of photographers like this guy. I've never even heard of this guy and I I'm embarrassed that I haven't heard of this guy. I'm um, embarrassed for you because uh, <laughs> he and I have been very close for a very long time. But, but there are pictures like this guy had this crazy career still does. He's still alive. And you know, he's got 6,000 followers on Instagram. You know, that's crazy. I know people with yeah. 58,000 or hundred thousand, 200,000, a million followers on Instagram. And like this guy, Who's done all this and their, stuff. And their work is doo-doo. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's channeling, channeling my inner your inner doo-doo channeler. Inner Gene Gene Wilder. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was doo-doo. Yeah, this book looks interesting. Yeah. You gonna buy a copy? No. I'm gonna buy a copy. I won't open it. I'm gonna call him. <laughs> I did that just for you. <laughs> oh my god! Did you like that? That was good. That was good. <laughs> oh god! But yeah, I don't know. So Brian Griffin, I'll I'll put a bunch of links. But he seems to like the black and white. So wait, he's still doing his thing. I'm getting, You know what? I'm gonna still reach alive. Out to this guy. I'm gonna reach out to this guy. As far as Brian I know, he's Griffin. still alive. There's an old picture of Brian uh, 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 Mark Rylance that I just went by. A very young Mark Rylance. I like Mark Rylance. Oh, ever, who doesn't? Anyway. So wait, this is, the book is, wait, is it, it is it slipcover? It is. It what's, looks the, like what's the book called? We'll give him a, give him a plug. Slipcovered? Odd. The new book from Brian Griffin. So anyway, Brian anyway, Griffin. So there you go. Brian Griffin. Yeah, good one. Someone different. Uh, it makes me want to go look up, um, all the photographers they mentioned on that supermodels thing. There were a couple actually that I hadn't heard of that they've mentioned. Herb Ritz, he was really big. Yeah, I've heard a lot, <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Thanks. <laughs> but there were some people that I was just like, I've never even heard of that guy. You know, some, you know, catalog guy in Chicago or whatever it is. It's like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that guy's still around and doing stuff. There's a lot of creepy ones. He does some, his, his, that stuff is pretty weird. He also gets these people to do some strange stuff. Yeah, he's got Helen Mirren under a desk. Yeah, which I kind of liked. It's a great, fo- great photograph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, there are all these, there were all the, these ideas that I would never have thought about doing. I need to start making people do weirder stuff. So I've got a sign up next to me that says that. <laughs> Make people do weirder stuff. Do weird things. Start with Jeffrey. Gary having a shave. Yeah, I mean just that. Like here, put some shaving cream on and and wear this like weird mask. Yeah. And I'm going to and look up at something. Yeah, I need it. I need to uh, Neil Jordan, the film director. He's just got like his book over or his coat, like over his head Ooh. with his head just sticking out. OK, go into selective works and look at number 12 of 30. I'm not even going to tell you the title. Selected works, okay. 12 of 30. Hold, please. Jeez. Yikes. Selected works. 
12 of 30. That's going to take me a second to get over there because, you know, uh, I am at three, four, five. I know it's yeah. really speedy to navigate. <laughs> I'm going to have another birthday before you get there. I'm In working July. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm at nine, 10, 11, All right, 12. Pork eye. Ah! <laughs> yeah! It's an eye, a human eye as in a, a pork in chop. In a pork loin. Yeah, in a looking out of a pork loin. Uh, I will say that this, this picture I'm going to send you of uh, Sir, Richard, Sir George Martin Heard uh, of him. Is, is just kind of like, these are the kinds of weird things that some people make people do that actually kind of work. You know, he's like, here, just take this piece of foam corn, wrap it around you. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just kind of like, okay, that's a weird idea, but it worked. Yeah. You know, and it, it makes a memorable image. I guess the question is, whose whose job is it to, is, is is your job to make a memorable image or to capture the person? Because those two are not necessarily the same. But both can be true. Why, as Adrian would say, why not both and? Yes. Well, you're sure. Yeah. Anyway, Brian Griffin, uh, you got anything else dog. before we wrap up? If you want to send us a, leave us a voicemail, 929-390-1916, uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com sends email to both Jeffrey and I, at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris on the Instagrams. Uh, Are you Tom, still on Twitter, by the way? No, I deleted my account. Yeah, so did I. Um, Tom in Michigan Sorry. wrote us saying that he did the audio test because I was complaining about the high frequencies and we were discussing that last week. Oh, and? 12 and a half K he says he can't hear anything else. Although his kids come in and they're just like, turn that down. Huh? So kids, <laughs> so kids have kids. all kinds of advantages that they right. don't know that they have. They got the phones, they got the earrings. Yeah. And the... They got 24 megapixels in their pockets and they yeah. don't, and, and they want a digital elf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's what's, what's next is they're going to, they're going to take the iPhone and just photograph the back of the digital elf. Oh and that's going to be the photograph. Oh, my God. They're going to photograph the LCD. And that's going to be it. It's, in fact, I think that there's probably already 100,000 accounts on Instagram that are doing exactly <laughs> that. That was That's so five years ago, Jeffrey. Oh, man, look at 28 out of 30. That's, <laughs> we're we're, we're boring, boring the masses now. No, this is great. 28 out of 30. Steve Davis, world snooker champion. Oh, Come I saw on. that with the with the with the eye lit up as with the, the cue eye ball. lit up. Come on, yeah, that's good. All right, so go that's go great. check out Brian Griffin. Uh, right. Go. Uh, There's my day. Oof. He was sitting here looking at it. It's going to take me all day to get to forty. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> all right, see ya.
this way Say what you want to say I know what you will say Will leave me out